plug somewhere else. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, okay. Yep. Well, that's what I'm going to do. Thank you. Yep. All right. Okay. Check that. Okay. Yeah. Check 209. See if you know for invitation. I think I do, but I, it sounds familiar. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. All right. All right. Well, good morning. Good morning, good morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Good to see all of you. Amen. Let's start off this morning. Let's stand to our feet, stretch our legs, and let's take number nine. Uh, let's turn in, to, in the, I'll get it in a minute. Let's take the All-American Hymnal. Let's turn to number 90. I think that's catching up here, Grant. I got tongue tied too. <laughs> and we're going to sing this morning, Living by Faith. Amen. That's what we just got through talking about in Sunday school how Abraham, everything he did, he did by faith. Amen. And we're to live by faith. Amen. And what Jesus has promised us. Amen. The promises of God. Let's sing this morning, number 90. I care not today what tomorrow may bring. If shadow or sunshine or rain, the Lord I know ruleth o'er everything, and all of my worry is vain. Living by faith in Jesus above, trusting, confiding in his great love. From all harm safe in his sheltering arm, I'm living by faith, and I feel no alarm. Though tempests may blow and the storm clouds arise, obscuring the brightness of light. I'm never alarmed at the overcast skies. The master looks on at the strife. Living by faith in Jesus above. Trusting, confiding in his great love. From all harm sheltering arm I'm living by faith and I feel no alarm and the last our Lord will return to this earth some sweet day our troubles will then all be o'er the master so gently will lead us away beyond that blessed heavenly shore Living by faith in Jesus above, 
trusting, confiding in his great love. From all harm safe and his sheltering arm, I'm living by faith and I feel no alarm. Amen. Praise God for that. Brother Robert, come on. Prayer request this morning. Hold your hand up. You got a prayer request. We need to pray. Amen. We need to pray for for folks who have needs. Amen. Is there anybody got a burden on your heart? Yes, Brother Dan. My grandson, William, they said if he don't do something, he won't live another year. My soul. We'll pray God give him wisdom to do something. Pray for him. Yes, Miss Charlotte. Yes, ma'am. Pray for his salvation. Her, her son, both her sons need to be saved. Sean and Robert, pray for their salvation. Yes, anybody else? Yes, ma'am. We'll pray for you, sister. Amen. Okay. Yes. Amen. Any others this morning? Glad to have visitors this morning. Amen. It's a blessing to have folks I hadn't seen yet. Amen. I don't know. Y'all may know them real well. I hadn't seen them, though. <laughs> but anyway, just good to have. Okay. Well, we're glad. I'm glad. I'm glad that y'all are here. Right? Uh, we're sure glad you're here. <laughs> Amen. Anybody else? Anything else? I just want to remember, y'all remember um, my friend, Brother Wally Langford, uh, up in Tennessee. Pray that God uh, works some things out in his life. And Yes, ma'am, I appreciate that. Um, y'all y'all just pray for me. I, I, I need, I, I'm, I'm just praying about this. I just, I need more time for the Lord than what, what my life is affording me right now with work and everything. I just, I need more time with the Lord. So y'all just pray that God... Works that out somehow. Amen. All right. Anybody? Anything else? Yes. Yes. Pray for my wife. Pray for that job opportunity for her that uh, that she's applying for. It'd be a true blessing to us, and it might be an answer to the one I just mentioned. So, so just pray that God works that out. So, all right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. We're gonna get get past play here in just a second and take up this morning's offering. But let's go to the Lord earnestly in prayer and seek his presence here with us this morning. Brother Robert, lead us in prayer. Amen. You can be seated. songbook, take that All-American hymnal, let's turn to number 95, Kneel at the Cross, Christ will meet you there. 
Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Amen. Well, I'm thankful for Jesus' blood this morning. I'm thankful that it's his righteousness that covers me, and it's not mine. I had not got any, amen? But, boy, I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful that he covered me, amen? I'm surrounded. When God looks down from heaven, amen, God doesn't look down and see all the horrible things that I've done in my life. If he saw anything in my life that I had done that was a sin against him, I, I couldn't go to heaven. But thank God Jesus' blood has washed all that out of me, amen? And I'm as white as snow in the eyes of God. And when he looks down at me, he doesn't even see me and all my junk. He sees Jesus. He sees his son. I'm surrounded. I'm in Christ. Hallelujah. He sees the beauty of his son when he looks at me and he looks at you if you're saved this morning. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Thank God for Jesus. Let's sing another. 136 this morning. 136. More about Jesus. More about Jesus would I know, more of his grace to others show, more of his saving fullness see, more of his love who died for me, more, more about Jesus, more, more about Jesus, more of his saving fullness see. More of his love who died for me. More about Jesus, let me learn. More of his holy will discern. Spirit of God, my teacher be. Showing the things of Christ to me. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness see. More of his love who died for me. More about Jesus on his throne. Riches and glory of his own. More of his kingdom sure increase. More of his coming prince of peace. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus, more of his saving fullness seek, more of his love who died for me. Amen. Praise God for that. Thank God for Jesus. <clears throat> As Grant was teaching earlier, those of you that wasn't here for Sunday school, he taught on he taught on uh, Abraham uh, taking Isaac up the mountain and uh, and obeying the command of the Lord to offer him up as a sacrifice. And uh, as he was as he was teaching that lesson, I I couldn't help but think on the song. I've sang it here once, I think, but a song that a good friend of mine, Mark Wheeler, sang in the middle of a sermon, preaching on that very thing. 
And uh, the song is about how God taught Abraham salvation that day. And uh, he showed, he, he expressly showed him the plan of salvation. And, you know, God called Abraham his friend. He, he's called the friend of God. And when you have a friend, when somebody's your friend, when you go through something, that friend will be there by your side. And that friend will be there to, to help you through what you're going through. And that friend understands. They may not fully understand it, but they want to understand it. They empathize and sympathize with you. And that's what makes them a friend. And God called Abraham his friend. And uh, the writer of this song, he certainly expresses that idea that Abraham was God's friend and, and, and Abraham learned something that day. God told Abraham, take Isaac up the mountain. There, make him a sacrifice to me. I know tears ran down, breath was hard to come by. As Abraham was knelt there on his knees, so hand in hand they headed up the mountain. And he thought about the thing that lay in store Like shattered glass inside his heart was breaking Cause he'd never known a pain like this before Too soon they reached the spot where they were going he laid Isaac down on his deathbed. His heart raced as he drew the knife to strike him. Then a God of mercy stopped him and he said, I just wanted you to know exactly how it feels to watch a son you love. Walk up along the hill To feel the pain inside As your heart breaks in your chest To lose the very thing That you love the best Now you've walked the walk And I know you understand The price that must be paid to correct the sins of man And you'll know just how I feel When they walk him up that hill I just wanted you to know And you'll know just how I feel When, you, when they walk him up that hill I just wanted you to know God, I thank God for that picture, amen, I mean, I believe with all my heart, God has been in everything we've done since we've gotten here, and I say that because every time I sit in here in Sunday school, 
Grant puts the ball up on the tee for me every Sunday. <laughs> and I appreciate you doing that, brother. Hey, Amen. I know you don't know you're doing it, but you do. God God uses you in that regard, and I can all that's that's how I know he's in everything we're doing here because he's just he's putting it together. Amen. And uh I'm very thankful, very blessed to be here this morning. All right, I want you to take your Bible. I want you to turn to Mark chapter 12 this morning. Mark chapter 12, and we are continuing in our in our study, in our sermon series, Getting to Know Jesus. This is part 151. And as we're, as we're inching our way towards Calvary, and uh, <clears throat> we have looked at a number of things that uh, has happened with Jesus, and... and uh, We've talked about how you know the Pharisees came to him and they and, and, and they questioned him. The Herodians came to him and they questioned him, trying to tempt him. Last week we talked about the Sadducees and how they they came to him with the question of the resurrection and trying to tempt him, trying to trying to sway him. Try, I mean, not trying to sway him, but trying to trying to trap him in his words, trying to find a reason to accuse him. And you know, I, I was reading I was reading after Charles Spurgeon this week, and one thing he said it was really impressive to me he said you know when 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 they were getting ready to offer the paschal lamb the, the the passover lamb you know it was shut up and it was inspected time and time and time again they were constantly inspecting it for flaws because it had to be a perfect lamb without spot and uh and here jesus says he's cleaned the temple he's cleansed the temple he's in the temple and there they keep inspecting him for flaws they keep trying to check him to see if there's any flaw in him. And God did that even though they, these, these, these Pharisees and Sadducees and Herodians and all them, they had no idea that's what they were doing, but God has a way with everything he does. And so, like, like I said, last week we were, we were looking at Jesus. He was speaking with the, with the Sadducees, and again they gave him the, the question of a man uh, who died and his wife, you know, she married the brother and so on and so forth. And we'll not go all through all that again. But uh, but let's look this morning. I want you to start there in verse 28, chapter 12 of Mark, verse 28. We'll read through verse 34 this morning, and then we'll pray, and we'll get into the message this morning. Let's look at it. Chapter 12 of Mark, verse 28 and following. The Bible said, And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said unto him, Well, master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but he. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the soul and with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered him discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. 
and no man after that durst ask him any question. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we come before you today, and Lord, we 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 kneel at your throne. Lord, we know that we need to hear from you. We come this morning asking for your presence, your power, for your spirit to stir in our midst and in our hearts. Lord, we pray for the word of God to come forth powerfully. We pray, Lord, that you do a work on us and in us. Lord, fashion us after your dear son. Father, we just pray that you cleanse us of every spot and stain of sin. Make us holy vessels fit for your honor, fit for your purpose. Lord God, please work on us. Clean us up. Clean us off, Lord. Reach inside. Do surgery in us. Lord, whatever you need to remove, take it away. Lord, if we're yours, we're truly yours, we we yearn to be closer than we are right now. Father, we ask you to forgive us. Lord, we fail you so often. Lord, I pray if anything in my life hinders this message, Lord, I pray it be removed. I pray you forgive me and cleanse me. I pray, Lord, for your power, for unction. Lord, please. I pray for each and every one under the sound of my voice, Lord, that the Spirit of God would guide them into all truth. And, Lord, I pray that it bear fruit. Lord, please help us now. As, Lord, as Temple Baptist Church seeks to please you, Lord, we pray, Father, for you to do a work in us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So we're talking about a question, this great question that was asked, Jesus. And and I'm thankful that it was asked. I'm thankful that this man did come forth and, and ask because... We have this great truth and understanding, and, and, and the Lord clears up some things for us in this passage this morning. And I want to, I want to, I want us again. I want us to, to uh, I want us to learn something from this. So let's look at it. While Jesus was was talking with the Sadducees earlier, so he, you know, this is all the same day. This is all just one thing happening after another. One coming to him, another coming to him, another coming to him. And, and while he's talking to the Sadducees, this man is listening in on their conversation. And this guy was a Pharisee. And not only was he a Pharisee, he was a scribe. And uh, this scribe was amazed at the answer that Jesus gave to the Sadducees. And he had a question on his mind, and he wanted to ask the Lord his question. And I want to say this about him, unlike the others who came trying to trap Jesus, trying to find a way to, to have something to say, aha, and go to the authorities with, this man didn't seem to have evil intentions. This is a unique one out of all those that came to him. This man seemed to be seriously seeking information from the Lord. Uh, Matthew tells us that he came tempting Jesus, but the word that he used there for tempting, it can, it can, mean, it can mean one of two things. It can, it can refer to one person seeking to test another in a malicious sense, or it can be used to speak of, somebody finding out what another person thinks about something. And so I believe in this case it's the latter. It's him seriously asking a, a question and wanting a serious answer. So Jesus gets asked an important question, and his answer to that question gets right to the heart of what it means to be saved and what it means to worship the Lord. A lot of us have a lot of strange ideas about what it means to please God. A lot of folks have a lot of ideas about what it means to worship God. I mean, that's evident. We got every stripe in the world you can look at. I mean, even in this city right here. 
And a lot of people doing a lot of weird things in, in church houses this morning and calling that worshiping God. But we won't get right down to it. God will tell you how to worship him. And what Jesus says to this man, he may have said it a long time ago, but it's very important to us today. We need to, we need to learn from it. And the truth that God's teaching in these verses is how God expects us to live our lives, and both vertically and horizontally. And what I mean by that, he tells us how he expects to live our lives vertically in reference to him and horizontally in reference to everybody else. Amen? So we're going to take a few minutes, and I want, us, I, want, I want the Lord to talk to us today. I want him to speak to us. I want him to show us about how we prioritize things in our life. What do we put first? Do we put the Lord first or not? What's most important in our life? And so, and I, I know some of this sounds like, well, you're just saying the same thing you said last. Well, listen, we got to put truth upon truth, line upon line, here a little, there a little. We're building something. Amen? So let's look at the question that was asked this morning. Verse 28, the Bible said, One of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, notice that, he asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? Okay? <clears throat> so, again, he's listening while, they're talk while he's talking to the Sadducees. And the Bible tells us that this man was a scribe. Okay, that means that his job, he specialized in interpreting the law. That was his job. He is what, what the Bible calls a lawyer. And again, a lawyer is not meant to defend in a criminal case in a courthouse when the Bible talks about a lawyer. It's speaking of one who interprets the Bible, who interprets the law of Moses. All right? So he's listened to Jesus. He's listened to him answer the question of the Sadducees. And in his opinion, Jesus answered them well. That's what he said. And that word well there means beautiful. That was a beautiful answer, Jesus. You had to them Sadducees. Now, this man didn't agree with the Sadducees. So, you know, he's all right with that. He, listen, Jesus is speaking, he's speaking my language here. He's, he's telling them, yes, there is a resurrection, whereas the Sadducees didn't believe in one. And... Uh, so Jesus, went, and Jesus, when he answered the Sadducees, he didn't leave them any wiggle room. I mean, he answered them completely. He, he laid it down where they couldn't, I mean, they had nothing else to say. They were through talking to him. And now this man asks, asks his own question. He wants to know, what's the greatest commandment, Jesus? And that was a question that was discussed quite often amongst the religious Jews. They, 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 I mean, this is not an uncommon question. See, the Jewish scribes and rabbis, they'd identified 613 commands in the law. 248 of them were viewed as being positive in nature, and 365 of them were viewed as negative. And then they divided them into two groups, the heavy commands and the light commands. So they were all, they were all mixed up. So the, he come he come to Jesus with an earnest question. He honestly wanted an answer. And the scribes loved to debate. So this was... You know, he, he looked forward to what Jesus had to say. Um, so he wants Jesus to settle this debate. He wants Jesus to give him an answer. He wants his opinion on the greatest commandment. So look in verse 29 through 31. Let's read that. And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is here, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, 
with all thy strength, this is the first commandment. <clears throat> all right, so, and then he says, and the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Now, I want you to understand something here, too. When Jesus answered him back, he responds to this man by first quoting something called the Shema. Now, you may never know what that is, and that's okay if you don't know what that is. The Shema, that was, that was something that the Jews quoted every morning and every evening, and they still do. Orthodox Jews still do. The Shema was written on small strips of paper and placed in small leather boxes called phylacteries, and they tied those things around their head. They tied them around their wrist, around their, their arm. Okay? Uh, Matthew 23, 5 says, But all their works they do for to be seen of men, for they make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garment. They, you know, they made a show out of this. And, 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 and again, when I say they, you know, they quoted this Shema, that's Bible. It's not some, some extra biblical thing. And Jesus quoted it there. When he, and when he started out, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. He's quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 6. All right? And, and why did these guys strap these leather things to their foreheads and their arms? They were trying to fulfill the law, which says in chapter 6, verse 8, where the Lord said, Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. They shall be as frontless between thine eyes. They were trying to, by works, please God. Okay? <clears throat> the Shema, again, it was, it was also written down and placed in a small round box called a mezuzah. And it was placed on all the doors in their home. Okay? This, this served to remind them of God and they're going out and they're coming in. And that's an effort to fulfill Deuteronomy 6, 9 where the Lord said, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. If you want to read the Shema in, in total, you can read it. It's Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. But it always began with an affirmation of the existence of God and a reminder that he alone is God. All right? So, so the Lord, he answered him back with something very familiar to him, and it set him at ease, okay? And I want us to look now, I want us to look at verse 30 and 31, and I want us to, to understand that Jesus took all 613 commandments that this guy is trying to keep, and he's condensed them all down into two. <clears throat> let's, look at this, let's look at these two verses phrase by phrase. First of all, he said, Thou shalt love. Okay, these, very, these two commandments are powerfully important commands for you and for I, okay? Thou shalt love. You say, well, I love a lot of things. I, I, I love all kinds of things. I, I love, hey, listen, I love peanut M&Ms, but that's not what the Bible's saying, thou shalt love, okay? Thou shalt love. It's a different kind of love than loving peanut M&Ms or, or loving mashed potatoes and gravy. This is a love, agape love. I know y'all know that word. Agape. Agape love is a love that is intelligent, purposeful, and committed. It's a love that is an act of your will. On purpose, I'm going to love. It's greater than 
phileo love. You, the word phileo, that's where you get Philadelphia, okay? That means the city of brotherly love. It's, I call it the city of brotherly shove, but that's okay. But but it's that's brotherly love. Philo love is, is brotherly love, and, and we have that certainly for, for uh, people in our life, but it's not agape love. Uh, philo, phileo rather, I'm saying it wrong, philo's dough, isn't it? Uh, phileo is is an emotional love, and and that's okay. That's a good. We need to have that. We need to have a tender affection, an emotional love for other people, but that's not agape love. And then there's a third type, which is eros, which is sensual, physical love, and and certainly agape love is greater than any of those, any of the other two. Agape speaks of the love that God has for us. God's love for us is unconditional. God's love for us is perfect. God's love for us is eternal. His love for us is changeless. His love for us is completely unselfish. It's a love that gives itself away with the expectation of getting nothing in return. It's the kind of love that caused Jesus to go to the cross and give himself for us. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, the Bible says, But God commendeth, which means he's demonstrated or he showed his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen? He didn't, he didn't expect us to get better and come to him. He came to where we were. Amen? He came to us as sinners and died and made us to where all we had to do was believe and receive what he's given for us. Amen? In other words, what he wants us to do, thou shalt love, he wants us to love him like he loves us. I don't think that's I don't think that's asking too much either. If God loves us with an unconditional love, I think we ought to love him back with an unconditional love. Amen. The Bible tells us in first John four nineteen, we love him because he first loved us. Amen? I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed at the love that God had for me. I didn't deserve any of it. I mean, I've never once done anything where I could step back and say, you know, God ought to love me because look at who I am and look at what I've done. No, what I think is every day is how in the world could God possibly love me because I'm a worthless worm. Amen? I remember years ago, this is just a little side note, but I remember years ago people, you know, people used to, they used to, in Bible college, we'd have some famous preacher in. We'd always want them to sign our Bible in the inside, in in the back or somewhere, and they'd put their last verse. And they told me in Bible college, you got to have a last verse. Get you a last verse. And for a long time, it was it was John nine four. I must work the works of Him that sent me while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. Because I feel the urgency of the lateness of the hour that we're in. But then I found one that was even better. I think it's Jonah 4, 7. It says, and God prepared a worm. <laughs> That's me. Hallelujah. But thou shalt love, okay, what's next? The Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord. We ought to love him because he loved us first. Thou shalt love the Lord. That word, it's, it's, I'm not trying to get all Greek on you this morning, but, but it's kureos. Uh, and it, it speaks of here's what it's here's the word Lord there means one who owns another, a master. Okay. We can't truly love the Lord till we see him as our Lord. He owns us. You say he owns me. 
Yes. You were lost in sin. You had no hope of eternity. And, and it, when you came to Jesus and believed on him as your Savior, he bought you with his blood, which is the highest price ever paid for anything, the blood of Christ. And I've said this to you before. That makes you the most expensive thing ever bought because it costs the, the, the blood of God's own son for you. So, yes, you are his purchased possession. You belong to Jesus. Amen? I, I like that song, Now I Belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me, not for the years of time alone, but for eternity. Amen? So he is my master. And we don't truly love him like we should until we have surrendered, like, like Grant was saying, surrendered all to Jesus. When Abraham took off up that mountain, he had surrendered all. He had said, you know what, Lord, I'm giving you my son, which was the promise. He, 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 he's the promise you, you gave me, and I'm still going to give it to you. I'm surrendering all. Okay? You've got to learn that you've got to do that in order to live a life of service to God. You've got to surrender all to God and acknowledge that he's your master that you're not the master, he's your master, and that we are his to do his bidding. Amen? We, we, we're, we're not to question why or how or what. We're just to do what he says. So what does it do? It calls for a life of absolute submission and absolute surrender. It's found all over the New Testament. I mean, Romans 12, 1, very familiar passage of Scripture. It says, I beseech you, therefore, and you quoted it this morning. That's where I said you got it in my message. Hey, we beseech you, therefore, brethren. Paul's saying, I'm begging you. Beseech means to beg and plead. I beg and plead with you, brothers in Christ. And look at what God has done for you by the, by the mercies of God. You're saved by his grace. You're saved by his mercy and grace. By the mercies of God, you see how he loves you. I'm begging you to love him back. I beseech you, therefore, by the, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. We showed that last week, talked about that, about placing yourself near the hand. When you present something, you're placing it near the hand. Yeah, you present your... You're going to get that water one of these days. <coughs> I, you don't want this, and I didn't drink out of it. But anyway, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Otherwise, if I, if I was dead, I couldn't do anything for him. I'd be with him. I couldn't do anything down here for him. So God don't want me to die literally. He wants me to die to self so that I am his. And self doesn't come along and say, no, you can't go with God today. You go on me. No, I learned to tell self, no, deny myself and follow him. Take up my cross and follow him imitate my Savior out of love. I, I, again, I, years ago, going in Foxworth Galbraith, a long time ago, my daddy roofer, and we're walking in, and my daddy's walking in, and my daddy had a cocky walk. He just did. That's just the way he walked. He walked, he walked like that right there. And, and we were walking in, and here I was, little old boy, and I'm walking by daddy, and somebody come up behind us. He said, boy, you can tell you belong to him. Y'all walking exactly alike. You know why I did? Because I wanted to be like my daddy. Because I loved him. And he was the one I looked up to. I ought to feel that way about my Savior. He loved me like nobody's ever loved me before. He did for me what nobody's ever done for me. 
So in turn, I ought to give him everything. Yield it. Listen, it's a conscious decision. We'll get to that, though. All right, so we're to love, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Boy, I ain't never going to get through with all this. We may have to bring it into the night, okay? But but I'm serious. But but thy God, the phrase speaks of being in a saving relationship with God Almighty. He's not thy God unless you've surrendered to him and believed the gospel for your salvation. You know, a lot of people call him God, but they don't. They, they, he's not their God. And I ask you, is he your God today? Listen, it's not enough for him to be your, your daddy's God. It's not enough for him to be your mama's God. Is he yours? Are you surrendered to him? See, mom and daddy can't stand before God someday for you. You, if you're of the age where you understand that you're a sinner, if you understand that you, that you listen, you've sinned against Almighty God and you need to be forgiven. Listen, mom and dad can't do a thing to help you except to point you to Jesus. You can't love him until you know him personally for yourself. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. The word heart here refers to the core of our physical beings. The very, the very core of our being, we ought to radiate and throb love for the Lord Jesus Christ. It ought to just beam out of us like we got radiation all over us. Amen. I mean, we ought to just glow with the Lord, with the love of the Lord. Amen. We ought to. We ought to love him. We, when we love him with all our heart, love him in, loving him in other areas of our life won't be a problem. When he has our heart, He'll have our hands, he'll have our mouth, he'll have our feet, and he'll have our billfold. He'll have our he'll have our everything. He'll have our thought life. Proverbs four twenty three says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So you love him with your heart, everything else is going to follow. That's, 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 that's the thing. We've got to be conscious of that, 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 that we need to meditate on our love for the Lord because when we meditate on our love for God, David meditated it on, uh, meditated it on it. I can't talk. Meditated on it all the time, amen? And it comes out in the Psalms that he did, amen? You and I ought to meditate on how much we love Jesus every day, and if we did, then it will come out of us. Amen? That's, that's, why it's so, that's why it's so important that we don't put garbage into our lives. We don't let garbage in here. We don't let garbage in here because that's going to sink down into our hearts and it will manifest itself in our actions and in our words. <laughs> thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and then he says with all thy soul. Now, the word soul here refers to the seat of the emotions and the will. Our love for him should be an emotional love. Well, God give us emotions. Now, I'm not, it shouldn't be all about emotions, but we shouldn't be a dead, dry believer neither. Amen? I, listen, I'm nine million miles from being a charismatic, but I'm not scared of the Holy Ghost either. Amen. I'm not. Listen. I, I listen. I, I'm, I I I say Holy Ghost. I don't say Holy Spirit. I mean, I'm I'm not all dry and everything. I I'm I believe in the Holy Ghost of God. Amen. God God gave Him to us as believers. 
Amen? And, and if he's in here, then he ought to show up in our lives. Amen? All right. So, so we, ought not, we ought not be ashamed to love God with our soul. That means to express it emotionally. Shouting, crying, testifying, those ought not be strange things to a believer. Amen? It ain't going to scare me if somebody says, Amen, preacher. That ain't going to scare nobody. Two or three of you might turn around and see who said it, but it ain't going to matter. Amen? They're going to say, well, you know, that's good. Somebody said amen in here. Listen, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen? So we ought to love him with our with our, with our our soul. We ought to love him with our emotion. We ought to, I mean, if you've got that much in your heart, it ought to come out your eye every now and then. I'll tell you, I sang that song a while ago about... A, about Abraham and Isaac. I mean, it took everything I had in me not to cry. It really, it touches my heart every time I sing that song. There's certain songs I sing, I can't do it without getting choked up. Why? Because I've got something inside of me that comes out when I express it. Don't be afraid to express your your, your soul and your love for the Lord. All right? And we don't need to forget the will either. The will ought to be involved as well. And, and, and that means loving the Lord is a decision. It's a decision that you make. Every every day of your life, all day long, you make decisions. I'm going to do this or this. Every day, you listen. I make a decision to love that lady right back there. Sometimes she says things I don't agree with. Sometimes I say things she don't agree with. And sometimes, believe it or not, we get our feathers ruffled at each other. I know y'all don't ever have that problem. So y'all pray for us. But sometimes she'll say something or do something I just don't agree with at all, and I don't like it, and I get a little hot under the collar. But you know what? I still love her. I still love her. I make a conscious decision. I'm going to love her no matter what she does or says because she's, she's human. But you know what? He's, he's, he's not. He's God. You know what? He ain't never done me wrong, ever. He's never, he's never said or done anything I've ever agree, disagreed with. I have no reason not to consciously decide to love him with everything in me every single day that I live. So you realize something. We either choose to love him with all of our soul or we choose to withhold love from him. That's for real. You don't sit in neutral and do nothing. You do one or the other. All right? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and then he says, with all thy mind. The word mind refers to your intellect. And as we understand who God is, as we read his word, and as his word tells us who he is and reveals to us his true nature and his true character, we we ought to respond to, to that truth by focusing the power of our intellect on worshiping God properly and loving him with everything in us. It ought, that thought of who he is ought to so flood our mind and our being and everything about us, it ought to overwhelm us and, and, and bring us to the point which I can't help but give him everything I've got. And I think that's what Grant was trying to express. That's how Abraham felt about him. And that's why he didn't question. He just went. He went with a confidence and a faith because he knew that God is not going to deny his character. 
God had always been good and always promised Abraham good. He'd done everything he said he was going to do. He had fulfilled his promise thus far, and he knew that he wasn't going to change. And you and I know the same thing. You and I are living testimonies to the fact that God is who he says he is, and when God promises something, God doesn't change. And we're to love him with all our strength. I'm trying to finish this morning. We're to love him with all our strength. The word strength speaks of our might, our power, and our abilities. God's given you some abilities that I I dare say that if we all made a list of our abilities, I bet we're not using them all for God like we should. If we really, really looked at what we're able to do, we're not being efficient as believers. I'm not saying that to, to, to criticize you or run you down in any way. I'm saying that to get you to think, how can I do something better for the Lord than I'm doing now? What more? What, how can I use what God's given me to love him more? I just want you to think. That's all. Now, again, we have the idea here that, that we're to love God with the entirety of our being, right, with everything that we are, Okay. The Lord has given us a perfect, complete love. He loves us with everything he has. And we're to love him the same way back. When the Lord lives in a person and he possesses that person, he also possesses everything that person has. See, he takes ownership of it. And we're to use every fiber, every molecule of our being to try to give God glory. And that's what it means to love him. <clears throat> Listen, I don't, I don't get up and go to work in the morning and run my wife down and talk, about, talk negatively about her. No. No, if anybody asks me about my wife, I'm going to speak about her in, in good terms. I'm going to speak about her in loving terms. Why? Because that's how I feel about her. And you know what? It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything but make me feel good to talk about it because she loves me. Amen? And so, you know what, the same way with God. I mean, I know he loves me. I know he loves me more than I could ever understand. And, and, and when, somebody, when somebody speaks negatively of God, I just want to defend God. I just want to say, no, you don't know him like I know him. Let me tell you who he really is. <laughs> now, I got five minutes. I don't know how I'm going to finish this, but I'm going to try, okay? <laughs> the person... <laughs> The person who who truly loves the Lord is a person who truly, fully trusts God and obeys the Lord in every area of his or her life that they can. And it's it's this idea of total commitment and total surrender that God wants. And this is a genuine love for the Lord when you've just given everything to him. And, And do you have that? That's the question. Do you have that kind of love in you? Is it something that you need to that you need to put your focus and your attention on and give yourself to saying, you know what, Lord, I need more of my attention and focus put on loving you. I need to do that because I don't know if everybody around me knows that I love you like I do. So quickly, let's jump. All right. He said, This is the first commandment. Loving the Lord like we, like we should is the primary commandment of the law. And if we can keep this commandment, we shouldn't have any problem with the rest. If we're loving God with everything we have, we shouldn't have any problem. And the second is like, 
What he means by that is the second one builds on the first one. Okay? The scribe hadn't asked anything about this second commandment. He didn't ask a word about it. But Jesus goes a step further. He wants to teach him something. And he wants to teach us this truth that if we genuinely love God, it's going to manifest itself in us loving others. Because Christ came to die for the sins of the world. He said, all right, he said, the second is like, here's the second, thou shalt love. Again, that word agape. So what does it mean? It means the same kind of love that, that God has for me, I'm to turn and, I mean, he, he pours it in me. He pours it into me. So I'm a vessel. The Bible says I'm his vessel. So when he pours his love into me, I'm to take his, his love and I'm to pour it out to other people. That's my job as a believer. That's your job as a believer. That's not my job as a pastor. That's my job as a believer. All of our jobs, love God, get filled with his love, and then take it to somebody who doesn't know his love and pour it on them. That's loving your neighbor. Amen? All right? And we're, to love, we're to love them, our neighbor, unconditionally, perfectly, eternally, and with purity. Just like he loves us. Love thy neighbor. Okay, who is my neighbor? Well, Jesus answered this question in Luke chapter 10. When he gave when he gave the, the 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 story of the good Samaritan, okay, my neighbor's not just my friend, not just people alike. No, it's not the people who looks just like me, not just people hangs around my circle of friends. According to Jesus, my neighbor is anybody in a body. Anybody in a body like just like the one I got doesn't make no difference what color they are. How young they are, how old they are, male or female, economic conditions, status, nothing. I'm to love others. Amen? The Bible says, as thyself. Now, let me just say something to you this morning. Everybody in this room loves yourself. I know that. Because you know what? If you get hungry, you know what you're going to do? You're going to feed yourself. If you get thirsty, you're going to give yourself a drink. If you get tired, you're going to give yourself some rest. Right? When you get sick, you're going to take care of yourself, right? That's, that's loving yourself, and, that, and that's the kind of concern and, and care we ought to have for other people. That's what God tells us. We're to love others around us with the same kind of love that we have for God. <clears throat> We're to love them with a love that actively seeks their good. We're to do more than talk about it. We're to actually put it into action and demonstrate it. That's that's what being a Christian is all about. Amen. I, I'm afraid we're losing that in America. I really am. I'm afraid we're we're losing that because we've lost the art of conversation. Again, I, I hate to reiterate, I ain't got myself on plugged in, but I pull it out. I listen, we we stay there locked in ourselves and we don't notice other people's needs around us. He said, there's no other commandment greater than these. Jesus was the first man to put these two commandments together and give us a summary of the law, and that's what he did. If we love God like he commanded us to, we'd never break, we'd never break the first four of the Ten Commandments. If we loved our neighbors, we should. We'd never break the other six. In Matthew 22, 41, Jesus told us that the whole Old Testament could be summarized into these two commands 
So we need to stop trying to please God with self-righteous deeds and by religious works. God is never going to be pleased with that. We need to learn to love the Lord with our heart, with our soul, with our mind, with our strength, and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And if we could get those two things right, oh my soul, we could change our church, we could change our home, we could change our community, we could change our country, and we could change our world if we could just get those two things straight. Amen? It's really simple, but we make it so complicated. When all the layers are stripped away, all of our problems and our sins can be traced to a lack of genuine love for God and our fellow man. That's it. That's the root of our problem. And the question we face this morning is what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do? Are we going to continue on as we are because we're hungry and we're ready to get out of here and go eat somewhere? Are we going to come back to the Lord and seek his help in loving him like we should? and loving others like we should. And lastly, I know it's 12, but give me just a second. I'm going to wrap this up. <clears throat> when the scribe hears the Lord's answer, I want number three on this, he applies this question. When the scribe hears the Lord's answer, his response, he says, well, I mean, beautiful. That's great. That's awesome. It's a beautiful answer. There's one God. And to love him perfectly and to love others perfectly is far more important than all the religious rituals in the world. That's what he was saying. He got it. He come to understood that he come to understand that the law of God was more than a religious system. He come to understand that it wasn't really religion, it was spiritual. He understood that the law existed to draw men into a faith relationship with God. Galatians 3.24 says, Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. <clears throat> and this man, this, this, this lawyer, he, he's, he's, he's beginning to understand that knowing God is not about a ritual. It's about a relationship. Jesus told him, he said, he said Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. That's what he told him. He's saying, you're close, but you're not quite there. So what did he mean? He was still he was close, but he still had a ways to go. He's standing at the door of salvation. He's looking in on the things of God. But he hadn't taken that step of faith that would guarantee his salvation. <clears throat> now, I want you to understand something, too. Jesus is speaking to a decent man here. I want you to understand, this This was a good man. He was speaking to a very religious man. I mean, he, he was a faithful man. He was speaking to a man who kept the law to the very best of his ability. Jesus was speaking to a man who probably lived a cleaner life than all of us in here. This man was very devout. Here's what you need to know, and I'm wrapping it up. Number one, it's possible for a person to have a religious upbringing and still be lost. You could have sat in church your whole life and still be lost. I want to tell you this. It's possible for you to know the truth and still be lost. 
You could have heard it and heard it and heard it and heard it until you can recite it forwards and backwards, but that won't save you. Just knowing the words won't save you. That's, that's why I worry about people saying, well, I prayed a prayer. So I prayed that prayer. Well, words are words. You can read something on the back of a gospel track and say words without meaning. I don't know how many people, in order to get me off of their doorstep, have said some words. And then as soon as they walk back in, went, that guy was a nut. I'm sure it's happened. It's possible to have heard the gospel preached all your life and still be resting on your own goodness and your own good works. It's possible to be gospel hardened. You've heard it so many times and you've done nothing. So many times and done nothing. You've let God stir around your heart and deal with you and you hung on to that pew and said, not this Sunday, another time. Another time until you got so hardened to it, you don't even hear it anymore. Sitting in a church pew, gospel presentation given time and time again, and you ignore it. It's possible to be within an inch of heaven and still die and go to hell. You've got to believe. You've got to, by faith, accept God's promises. You've got to, by faith, Reach out and take hold of those promises and say, I believe that Jesus shed his blood for me. I believe that he gave his all for me, and I need that for me. And once it's over and it's done and you are a child of God, then pour that love back out of you with everything you have. And don't say, I'm, I, I'll give God this much of my life. And the rest of it's mine. Oh, no, it's not. He bought every square inch of you. Are you saved today? Or are you religious but lost? I'm not trying to preach anybody lost this morning. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to simply say we need to examine ourselves whether we be in the faith, as the Bible says. Is your relationship with God good this morning for him? Christian? Is it what it ought to be? Do you love him with all your heart? Do you love him with all your soul? Do you love him with all your mind? Do you love him with all your strength? And do you love others as yourself? And I dare say ain't a one of us in here can say I do that 100% all the time. So you know what that tells me? Every one of us to a degree needs to come to God and say, God, I want to come near. I want to get closer. I want, I, I want my life to reflect your love more. I want others to see Christ in me. I don't want anybody to guess as to whether or not I belong to you. I love you. I need you. Manifest yourself in my life today. Is that you? Is, is God touched something in your heart today and God showed you something? Do business with him. Don't say, well... I don't want anybody to look at me. Listen, it ain't, if, if somebody in here is looking at you and thinking things, they got the problem. Let's do business with God. Let's stand our feet. Miss Joanne, you come and play. We're going to sing 209, but it's not about the song this morning. It's not about the song. It's about you doing business with God.
if you need to come and do business with him, you come. Come kneel at one of these altars and, and, and pray and, and give it to God. If you need if you need somebody to, to pray with you, I'll be glad to pray with you. If I can help you in some way, I'll be glad to. But let's don't waste this opportunity. If God's dealing with you today, do business with him. Take up thy cross and follow me. I heard my master say, I gave my life to ransom thee. Surrender your all today. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Wherever he leads, I'll go. I'll follow my Christ who loves me so. Wherever he leads, I'll go. I want to sing that last verse. I want you to listen to the words. My heart, my life, my all I bring to Christ who loves me so. He is my master, Lord and King, wherever he leads, I'll go. Praise the Lord. Oh, amen. Praise God. <laughs> and your name? Morgan. Morgan? Yes. Morgan. Kurt. Or Morgan. Segovia now. Yes. Okay, Morgan Segovia. Well, Morgan, come right over here. Now, are you are you member currently a member somewhere else? At um, In Hot Springs, mm-hmm. I was. That was the last. Uh, church I was a member at okay. Oakland Baptist. Okay. And I've accepted Jesus in my life. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Well, she comes seeking to be a part of this congregation with us, and uh, she's given testimony to her salvation. Praise God. And um, hallelujah. That's all I can say. <laughs> Amen. And if it's your will that she that she join with us and and receive full fellowship of this church, would you let it be known by saying amen? Amen. amen. All opposed? Anybody opposed? Of course there isn't any. So praise God. i tell you what we're going to do. Sister, I want you, to, I want you to, to, to pick out a hymn to play, and I want us to do something here, and, and maybe you've never done it before, but I want us to come by, and, well, y'all did it when I joined, so y'all come by <laughs> while, while we play, and uh, I want to give her the right hand of Christian fellowship. Amen. So, sister, you go right ahead. And y'all start right here. You start on this side, one after another. We'll go around. 
God bless you, sister. How are you? <laughs> Praise God. Amen. We're so glad you enjoyed it with us. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> 